0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And that is launched out to deep
2: left field. Big fly for Mike truck. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heafel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. Let's go on. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey, guys, I'm Alex
0: Curry.
1: This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. This is Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Arduin. You're
0: listening to the All Angels Podcast.
2: And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. We are not locked out over here. We are still going strong for as uh, for as long as we can, at least. Uh, and in this episode, I have the pleasure to be reunited with Super Halo Bros, Mike and John. Guys, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, great to be here, man. And then Andrew from Angels Top Plays, who is just coming off a really great interview Of Joe Adele, uh, a couple weeks ago. Check it out on his Instagram plays again. That's Angels top plays. Uh, Andrew, how you doing?
1: Doing good, doing good, doing good. I got my words straight before we get started here. Um, But excited to be back on with you. These these uh, conversations are always fun.
2: Yeah, you know, we we, last time we did this, I had a lot of fun doing it, and it was kind of towards like the end of the year. And now that we kind of have an idea of where the Angels are right now, at least you know, there's there's a hard stop because of lockout. Yeah. you kind of now better understand maybe what it is going forward into the offseason moves um, that's happened so far. So the first one, I think the biggest one that the Angels did, uh, name-wise at least, is the Noah Syndergaard signing one-year deal. Um you know, I think I've seen a lot of back and forth, like good deal, bad deal, worrisome deal. So I'm gonna start with John. John, how do you feel about Noah Syndergaard, and what was your kind of thought when he got signed? Well, first, I just want to bring up the fact I thought the lockout prevented any transactions. Yeah, that paying. was kind of quick. <laughs> but but
3: uh, I did see that Jack in the Box acquired Del Taco for $500 <laughs> five hundred and twenty-five million today. <a> so <laughs> I thought the deals were done, man. I didn't
0: there know you that go. Listen, uh, if if they move if they move Jack in the Box tacos to Del Taco, I'm out. All right, I'm out. <laughs> no more cat tacos. I can't eat them.
2: <laughs> this is what we resorted to now that there's no baseball there's news. For like two it weeks, about, right? It's only been like two weeks, and we're like, ah, oh, what, what are we going to talk about? Yeah,
0: <laughs> the news.
2: No, was crazy.
3: man, with uh, with Thor, I, Mike, and I were actually talking about this way back when we started our podcast. How cool it would be to have him join us for 2022, and the fact that it happened was just. Super exciting. We were thrilled about it. Um, I know it's a bit of a risk, but I think that's a risk that the Angels uh, have the ability to take. And uh, by all accounts, it seems like the dinner that he had with Perry Manassian really reassured him on, Hey, this is how we're going to approach the season. This is how we're going to handle you. We noticed something in your delivery that we might be able to tweak. Um, and that just speaks to some of the internal improvements that I think the team has made. You know, the hiring of Connor Hinchlife from, from driveline and, and having a, uh, Uh, a coach in terms of like the mental aspect of the pitching game. So for me, I think that we are armed and
2: ready to help Thor have a great comeback season. That's my Mm. opinion. See, the only thing too, with that, you mentioned uh, the guy from dry line coming to the angels. It would have benefited the Angels if he stayed at driveline. He would be actually be able to work with Syndergaard still. <laughs> He'd be allowed to.
3: Yeah. yeah. That, and that's the
2: only thing with Syndergaard that's kind of like, oh, it's it, he's not going to have access to the facilities. He's not going to have access to the trainers. He's not going to have access to coaches until, you know, this whole lockout thing situation. So that's, that's why true. I kind of – that's one of the red flags when, when it came up. But, uh, uh, Mike, how did you feel about Noah Syndergaard? And then those kind of red flags that I brought up have that, you know, been in your mind at all?
0: I'm hyped about it because I've always loved Syndergaard and I think that he has a ton of potential. I think it does kind of feel like one of those angel moves with a guy who is been hurt or is coming off maybe a couple of years ago, a good season. And so let's pick him up like a Cahill or like a Harvey. Right. But I think he's got potential still. I still think he's young enough and I think he can work well in our starting rotation. The thing that really shocked me though, was that Steve C. was the one that kind of convinced him to (laughs) come and man, and I have talked garbage on that guy. So I'd like to publicly ask for his forgiveness because (laughs) he helped get Thor to the angels. And, and I'm not too worried about his arm and I'm not too worried about his stuff. I think that what has happened with Shohei, with him being out and not being able to pitch. I think that Syndergaard could have that same trajectory. And I think he would be great in our starting rotation. I do know that with lockout, right? Like he can't interact with anybody, but I'm sure he's surrounded by some great people. And I wonder how hard the lockout really is like if there's a wink and a nudge, like we're not talking baseball, but we're just going to dinner. Right. You know? And so I don't know if some of that actually takes place, but I, I love the move and I'm excited to have him on the team.
2: You, you mentioned C check. And that's funny. It's almost, you know, we're in the middle of football season or a uh, college football season. They're going to start the bowl game soon. It's almost like, you know, take Zizek off the field, give him a front end or a front office job and just put under like on his table, just recruiter. You yeah. know, he'll go out and have the dinner with players or he'll go out and visit players when they're in town. And, you know, like they do in college, he'll sit in the front room, mm-hmm. talk to his wife, talk to his kids and say, hey, this is how we're going to do you better over here and this and that. Like, you might have a job after after yeah. pitching with the Angels. He can um, be our
0: closer, just not on the field. On, right? Yeah, exactly. Close, <laughs> Close the deal. Goals,
2: baby. Yes. there you <laughs> hey. go. Always be closing. There you go. <laughs> And what was your opinion about uh, the Thor signing by the Angels?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly two camps here. There's the one that's like super excited that we saw we at least put money into a pitcher with a guy who who does have um, historically a really good track record, and then there's the other camp who's like super concerned about that same exact track record. Um, I'm in the side that is excited about the signing. Um, I know there's a lot of red flags as far as his uh, UCL injury, but he's in that window now where first of all his his rehab is complete. He's finished as so he's on his own kind of now just preparing for the 2022 season as if it was a normal season. Um, I was hoping he'd get to get him a little bit more pitching last year, but he kind of ran through some of those hiccups that a lot of pitchers see returning to Tommy John where they're not quite ready. Um, but there's still a lot of value that he's already gotten that out of the way. And now he's at that two-year mark from Tommy John surgery, which is prime for pitchers to come back. And we see tons of pitchers do it nowadays. Um, it's much more common and the risk, of course, is there, but the upside is a number one front of the line rotation pitcher, which is we, we've taken these like high risk, high reward kind of pitchers in the past. But none of them have ever been as high reward as what Noah Syndergaard can offer. So for that reason, I'm excited about it and I'm optimistic about it.
2: Yeah. And you talk about the coming back from Tommy John. and Obviously, that was the biggest uh, injury factor from him. You know, we always saw it with Shohei when he came back from mm-hmm. Tommy John. And the, granted, it was the shortened season, and that was kind of weird by itself. But he even mentioned he struggled because he had to get through that mental aspect of, let me throw as hard as I can, and I can trust that my arm's not going to blow out. Or let me throw my breaking ball, and I have to trust that it's not going to blow out again. So mm-hmm. that's something where I'm, I'm really interested in. And kind of what you said, Andrew, I would love to see him get more than, you know, I think it was two innings last year with, with the Mets. Yeah, you know, if he, if he would have through even something as small as maybe like, 30 innings, I would be like, okay, that's cool. That's kind of where it worries me too. It's like, okay, he's going to have the mental hurdle to get over it, but I'm sure, you know, this is something that a lot of players deal with and they have a lot of guys they can talk to to help them get over the, the situation. The one-year deal, though, I want to kind of just talk about this before we move on to the next guy. Does it kind of concern you, and I'll go back to Andrew, that it's a one-year deal, so if, theoretically, if he does great and he does win, let's just say like, you know, 18, 20 games for the Angels, he's probably going to be out next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, good chance, good chance. Angels will have, you know, the priority at getting the opportunity to extend him and sign him. That's the benefit of it. By the end of the day, that's honestly what Noah Syndergaard probably has on his mind. He wants to go into next year looking for a six-figure contract, which should benefit us in 2022. Um, But I hope hope he's like looking for a six-figure contract because that means what we paid him this year is going to be worth it. So, of course, that's a risk, but we will kind of get the priority in getting to sign him. And if he does that, then that means he did really good.
2: So, Mike, how many games... Does he need to win? And I know wins is kind of a weird stat with pitchers, but it's always the easiest to uh, quantify, I guess. How many wins do you think Thor needs to have to really um, have a strong impact with the Angels next year? I
0: think if he gets a full spring training, I would love to see him get, I think he would get 15 wins. If he doesn't have a full spring training, I'd be be happy with maybe a 10 to 15 win season. But with the lockout, I I don't know what's going to happen with, him personally. But I think if he gets a full spring training and he gets all of his workouts in, I, I think he could be a 15 win pitcher for our team because I don't think the pressure is really on him. It's on Shohei and it's on some of the other guys. And so I would love to see him knock it out of the park this year.
2: What about you, John? What do you feel his win total would be, um, you know, would be a strong win total from this year?
3: Yeah, I'd say somewhere around maybe 18, I think would be a really solid year for him um just to come back from what he's been through and and show that he still has it and normally i know that we kind of turn a nose up at like the angels um tendency to to give these one-year deals and not offer any long-term deals but i think this is the right situation for both parties in that it's a prove-it deal show that you still have it but it's also not a huge risk because it's a one-year deal and he's gone at the end of the season so no matter how this shakes out um you know, this this year is accounted for. So I think, you know, an 18 win season and and taking a, a one year deal, it's a risk on both sides, but I think it's something that they they both needed. It was probably not a very hard decision to make on on both sides.
2: And then Andrew to you what's a win total that you want to see from Thor?
1: Yeah. I think the 18 number is pretty high. I think realistically like the 13 to 15, I think Mike had mentioned, would be the right spot. Um, you're also looking at the fact that he's going to be in a six man rotation. So the opportunity isn't the same as, as what you're going to see on other teams with starting pitchers. Um, so I put it 13, 15 around there.
2: You know, and that's a great point to the six man rotation. That's obviously going to help him. That's going to help Shohei. And hopefully, um, you know, Shohei had a ton of inning or, you know, ton of work just and not even just innings, just work, mm-hmm. uh, last season. So that should definitely help him, uh, Shohei Thor. And then our next guy. Michael Lorenzen, another pitcher that the Angels have picked up um, this offseason. He was a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Another guy kind of coming off of um, arm issue this last season. So I'm going to go with John first. Uh, and first initial thoughts when the news came that that was kind of like the, ne- the next pitcher the Angels are going after.
3: Yeah, when they announced it, uh, the, the writer, I forget who, who shared it, mentioned he was going to be in the starting rotation and that caught me by surprise um, given his history. Now I understand that he wants to be a starter and will be competing for a spot. And I think as long as it remains a competition for a starting spot and not a given um, I think that that would be fair to, you know, all of the great pitchers that we have seen on the field in the last year, um, including guys like, you know, Jansen junk and Paki Naughton and guys who really stepped up toward the end of the season when we were just lacking, in, in starting pitching. So yeah, I, I hope that, I mean, honestly, as a fan, I hope that he turns out to, to be a great acquisition, but I think if it, if it remains a competitive field for earning one of those six spots and it's not necessarily a given, um, that's something I would like to see because his track record as a starter just isn't there. And I think at this point it would be nice to have some more proven guys
2: in that rotation. So, Mike, yeah, where do you think he fits in? Lorenzen does, and and the rotation. Do you see him as a four or a three? Where do you want to see him kind of fit into that uh, Angels rotation?
0: I think he's, I think he's five or six. I think that yeah. you have Sandoval and Suarez that are going to follow up Thor and Otani. I, I don't know. I have a, I have a high hope for him. You remember Kelvin Escobar when he came to the Angels and we're like, well, I guess it kind of fits. I guess it kind of works. And then he had. I believe it was like a 15-win season or something along those lines. I think that Lorenzen could surprise us. And as he gets thrown into the starting rotation, we know that Thor is going to prove himself. I think Lorenzen's going to prove himself. I think that he actually will come out of this year with at least maybe double digits in wins because he'll be the guy that's pitching against some of the the lower-end pitchers. And if our offense can be what our offense can be, I think Lorenzen's going to be one of those guys that when you look at his stats at the end of the year, they're not going to be super impressive, but the, the impressive number is going to be, oh, the Angels scored eight runs a game when Lorenzen was on the mound. I think it's going to be one of those unique moments, right? So he might be like 17 and seven, right? But his ERA will be a high four, but Mike Trout hit 470 in those games, right? <laughs> and so I could see him being that type of pitcher for us.
2: So Andrew, too, you talk about Lorenzen. You know his struggles last or his injuries for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know he says this, and I saw. I believe you tweeted it out about him being in the bullpen. And that's how you prefer him. Obviously, it sounds like he's going to get a shot. But do yeah. you think he finishes the season in the rotation, or you think he finishes the season as a as a bullpen piece and a, like a long bullpen piece?
1: Yeah, and I'm trying not to look the history because this has that whole demoted the bullpen by July written all over it. Um, and I don't want to see that, um, you mentioned his injuries last year, and that's kind of my concern is the durability. Um, he hasn't pitched over hundred innings since he was a starter back in 2015 last year, he had the shoulder and then he came back and had hamstrings. And then prior to that, he was kind of throwing 80 inning seasons. Um, and we know our angels as, as our track record has been a lot of struggle with having durability, especially amongst our pitchers. And so that part kind of concerns me, um, his potential as a starting pitcher is there. I mean, his stuff works and it plays. Um, I was kind of trying to like, I'm digging into his stuff, trying to figure out what, how do they see him as a starting pitcher? Um, I do trust Perry Manassian. Um, I think he's a better baseball brain than I do as much as I like to play, you know, the armchair GM. <laughs> we all do. Exactly. <laughs> Perry Manassian, like He's got the good baseball brain. No, Syndergaard said it. You look back at Mike Lorenzen in 2015 and when he was a starter, he was throwing his fastball 60% of the time. Like he really didn't have much of a pitch mix. You can now when he kind of has emerged as, as a bullpen guy, just emerged as a more mature pitcher. Um, he's worked in a cutter and he's still playing with that fastball a lot more, but it's like more of like a 30% and 30% cutter and kind of a, a, just a more solid pitch mix. So he's more mature. Like I'm fine with giving him that shot. I am scared that it just doesn't pan out. Um But again, like the hopes aren't that high. If he ends up being a bullpen guy, then it is what it is. But at the end of the day, he's hopefully filling in as like the number five guy in the rotation.
2: And I think it's good, too, because I think Mike mentioned the other young guys that are in the rotation or were in the rotation at this year. Like sometimes when you're around the same guys over and over again, you kind of do lose that kind of competition aspect of it because you guys are buddies. Now this new guy comes in as, you know maybe going to fit in that fourth, fifth, you know, sixth spot. So now that's a whole new guy in that competition, and maybe now that drives up uh, Michael, Michael's, you know, uh, uh, intensity. Same thing with Suarez. Same thing with, you know, uh, uh, Canning even, like the kind of the forgotten guy in all this too. So I think it's a big depth piece, but I, I like, you know, I I agree with Andrew when he was talking about the bullpen guy. If he could be like that long reliever towards the end of the year, it just didn't work out, but he can give you two or three solid innings. And as Angel fans, we all know, going to be plenty of opportunities um, mm-hmm. for that during the season. So definitely a guy that was another kind of, you know, high ceiling uh, addition by the angels, but another uh, short-term contract, which a lot of angel fans knew that was kind of the deal coming into the season. Now going into the bullpen, uh, you know, obviously the big uh, question mark was how do you get the ball to uh, Iglesias? You know, he's locked down, but kind of getting into that point, was always the issue. How do you get to the ninth inning or even sometimes even the eighth inning? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Angels really seemed to kind of solidify that by signing Aaron Loop, uh, lefty from the Mets. Uh, had a great uh, 2021 season. Um, definitely a guy that can play that eighth inning role. Um, so I'm going to go back to Andrew real quick. Andrew, when you saw that signing and you knew what kind of piece he is, how excited were you when you saw that he was coming to the Angels?
1: Yeah, I was just relieved. And it's for exactly what you had just said. It's like knowing that he's our guy that we're going to be able to put there in the eighth or seventh if it's tight and he's going to get you through it. Like last year, we didn't have we didn't have that guy necessarily. It was kind of just whoever the hot hand was. And then as soon as we put the hot hand in that tough situation, that hot hand went ice cold and we blew the game. Um so to be able to have Aaron Loop and know, okay, we put Aaron Loop in and that's going to lead us to out and that's going to lead us to a win is is just super relieving and is going to be um just no pun intended in for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to relieve and I'm going to be relieved. There you go. I think we all
2: will be a little bit. So John, um, how do you see that back end with the people that are there now? Um, obviously there could be more moves after the lockout and all that stuff, but with what's on the roster right now, how do you see that back end of the rotation lining up for the angels? I
3: think you're going to see a situation where it might be somebody like Mike Myers in the seventh and Aaron loop in the eighth. And of course, Iglesias Iglesias in the ninth, and I think one of the issues we ran into last season was just overuse. Like we just, I mean, obviously when Rysel is coming out in the eighth inning because you can't rely on anybody else to, to finish the game for you, that's a problem. Right. And I feel like now if the workload can be spread out a little bit more, um, I think that's going to be beneficial to the entire back end of that bullpen. And you think about some of the, uh, some of the guys who made a couple of starts and, and came up and, Helped us out at the end of the season. I'm, I'm thinking that some of those guys can figure into the bullpen as mm-hmm. well. I uh, think about like Jonathan Diaz who came in for Jaime Berea and finished out the rest of the game. And, and I understand he came in to in relief, but it was essentially a start. And if some of those guys can figure into pitching an inning here or there, that's going to be really interesting moving forward. But one thing I noticed about uh, Aaron Loop and when he was talking to the media was like he said he felt very pigeonholed before the three man minimum where he was only coming in to get one lefty out or two lefties out. And he actually seems to be a lot more competitive and a lot more excited to, to be a gamer and to come in. And, and he said that, you know, Hey, if you need me to start, I'll start. If you want me to go three innings, I'll go three innings. If you want me to get through one inning, I can do that. So seeing him say that and, and talk to the media and and share just how
2: competitive he is that's that's really something that's exciting to see for sure mm-hmm. so going to mike now obviously aaron loop iglesias you even have uh warren myers in that mix do you think there needs to be another move in there or do you think are you, do you feel comfortable as a fan knowing what you have over there already uh that the angels bullpen is set going into next year
0: I like those four guys. I think that I'm going to lean more on having Austin Warren be your seventh inning guy than a Mike Myers. I think Mike Myers could come in in the sixth inning. And I think what we saw with Myers is that he did turn the corner after the second half. But I think that there were some moments that he just got overwhelmed by it. Maybe he was a bit hurt. He did do an interview and after they gave him some time away, he came back, kind of cleared his head. I think you bring Myers in the sixth inning and, let's say he's the Mike Myers that we know he can be from maybe 2020, even before that, I think you're, you're solid with him in the sixth, you have Warren in the seventh, you have loop in the eighth inning, and then you've got Iglesias in the ninth. I will say there's nothing like a rice Iglesias, Bases loaded, eight inning, five. <laughs> <and out laughs> save. Absolutely, that makes you want to yell and scream and fist pump at home, right? right? But I know that that I mean, we're gonna have this guy for four years now. We need to protect and and serve him, right? So <laughs> we can't do I, that every day. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I think what's a be season? A,
2: that's max. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it'd be an additive if they win and got another arm. I wouldn't be mad about it, but I do think that as it is right now, those four guys could really be solid if our starters can only go five innings
2: right and then too, you know between you and john whoever's in that seventh inning role you know honestly you can play the the hot hand in that situation if myers has shown that the last three or four outings he's been on fire then put him out there and the thing with with austin that i'm a little bit worried about he had a great freshman year you know you always hear like the sophomore slump you're going to have a book out on him now. There's going to be a better scouting report on him now. How does he now change? So you know, I think in that situation, it'll, it'll benefit the Angels to kind of play the hot hand, not to pigeonhole this guy in the seventh, this guy in the sixth, or whatever. Just hey, you know, uh, Warren had a great two outings last time. Let's put him out there again. The same thing with with Myers, and that would definitely uh, benefit the bullpen just to have that kind of variety. But it all, I guess, starts and ends with the Angels re-signing Rosselli Glacius, one of the. You know, at, at the time of the trade deadline, he didn't get traded. Fans were okay with it. I was okay with it as long as they got the deal done. I feel like if they didn't get the deal done, there's gonna be a lot of egg on the angels' face because if you're not gonna trade them, you need to bring them back. They met the Angels sweat, Angels fans sweat for a little bit. It wasn't one of those first, <laughs> you know, three, four, five deals that you saw come across the 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 screen, but it got done. It got done right in the nick of time. Mike, how excited were you when you saw Rossell was coming back, like you mentioned, for another four years?
0: I walked around all day with my arms above my head. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited because I I love when we have a good closer, man. There's nothing like, hey, we're going to Percival, and it's going to lock it down. Hey, we're going to Frankie, and it's going to lock it down, even when Houston Street was around. And what the bullpen has felt like is we were going to Brian Fuentes for a long time, right? (laughs) And so I love that we have somebody that we can count on. We know we can bring him in. And listen, he was 34 out of 39 saves last year, and a few of his blown saves were games where – he was still dominant and they just, they got a home run off of him. And that's the only, that's the only drawback with him is that he can give up the long ball, but he keeps people off base. And that's the big thing that I think is really important for him is that even if he does give up the long ball, you're you're either tied or it's a one run game now. And, and he's not blowing it completely in the ninth. We saw so many games last year where, man, it was five, six, seven runs where a bullpen just could not stop the bleeding until Ryzel came in. And so I think this year he's going to have an opportunity to actually come in with a clean slate or maybe a runner on and he's going to look very good. And he is great at eliminating those runners. So I was I was thrilled.
2: So the deal ends up being four years, 58 million dollars. Uh, Andrew, is that kind of where you in your back of your mind? Did, is that where you thought it was, was going to be? Or did you kind of have a different thought of what the what the contract might have looked like?
1: Yeah, I thought it'd be in that three- or four-year range. It kind of sounded like, as we waited longer and longer, it'd be closer to four years. Um, I expected the lower 50s, but, I mean, I'm not opposed to the upper 50s as well for the same – I mean, what Mike had just said, the value is there to have a guy that's going to shut down the game. Um, so it was about right where, where I was expecting, maybe a little bit more than what I was expecting.
2: So let me go then to John. Um, you know, 30-something saves this last year. Can he get – you were thinking with a better Angels team, with a better op- with more opportunities to save games – can he get to 50 saves? Yeah, unless we're,
3: you know, Trout and Otani are having a game and it's 13-8, to 8, you know what <laughs> <Not> I mean? Not <laughs> a save opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> no save opportunities. But, yeah, I'd love to see him get to 50 saves, and I think with this team you can do that, especially, you know, considering we we play the AL West, you know, uh, 70-something times. Those are going to be close games. And mm-hmm. I think that in, in those tight races, Rysel is the kind of guy that you want to go to. So I could imagine that the opportunities will be there other than the the shutouts where again our, our lineup just up and down is hitting bombs and scoring <laughs> runs nonstop and
2: the opponents can't stop the bleeding. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's always the, the best way of doing it where you don't have to be in a put in a pressure situation. But one guy that the Angels did sign position player wise and obviously coming into it we everyone knew. Everybody that followed the Angels knew it was going to be pitching, pitching, pitching. But one guy that they bring in that kind of caught my interest was a second baseman or I guess kind of utility infielder taylor wade um so john what did you feel about that signing how do you see him fitting in with this team and 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 where do you think he plays i guess with the angels
3: i've been really encouraged by a lot of the responses from yankee fans who are saying hey if you give tyler wade a shot he can really prove what he's worth and so i i've seen that more than once and it feels like us as angel fans are always on the other side of that saying hey like give this guy a chance and and he'll be something, but unfortunately for us that means that they've left the Angels. So it's nice to get a player back and hear <laughs> uh, you know, other fans from other teams saying, give this guy a shot, let him show you what he can do, and you're gonna get some value out of him. And and speed, baby, that speed yeah. that he's got is gonna be it's something that I don't think we had, other than like Otani stealing bases, stealing as many bags as he did last year. And if you can, if you can pinch run him, if you can pinch hit him and he gets a bunt single or a sacrifice bunt. And moves the runners. He he has the ability to, to shake up the the pitcher on the mound and, and shake up who's on the base path. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And and if he ends up being starting shortstop, I know that the Angels are probably not done in that regard, but if if he's you know not quite the hitter that we need, I feel like we have enough hitting to compensate for uh, kind of a hole in the lineup. But if, if he can be a good defensive shortstop, I'm on board.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the things that really hurt the Angels last year. Obviously, with the shortstop play defensively, mm-hmm. um, cost them a lot of runs, cost them a lot of games. And so, if he can just be average at that, <laughs> right. it, it would it would be an upgrade. Mm. Um, but Mike, you know, you kind of mentioned your brother mentioned how the Angels haven't really done much with that position shortstop. Like they brought in, like I said, Wade and and some other like minor league guys that, to to kind of compete for that spot. Do you want to see them make a bigger splash at that position when this lockout's all over?
0: I want to see them get a, a defensive shortstop. And and so if, if Wade's going to be that guy, great. If it's going to be somebody else, great. I don't think that we need to break the bank for a shortstop that can hit. Like we joked, John and I joked about going full heel and signing Carlos Correa. Right. <laughs> but I don't Heal think turn. that, I don't think that we need him because we don't need the offense. And I don't think that he's great in the field. And so I, I want a guy out there like an adult and I want a guy that you can count on that, is going to get to the ball. He's going to turn the double play and he's not going to make very many mistakes. And so again, if it's Wade awesome, but if it's somebody that's in the system right now or on the team, let's, let's put them in there. And if there's somebody that we can sign for, for a less amount of money, let's bring him in. But I don't think we should break the bank at all.
2: So Andrew, how do you feel about there's been talks I don't know how serious they've been or not, but the possibility of maybe moving Fletcher over the short and, and, Using one of these one of these utility guys to play second. Do you like that move? Do you rather have Fletcher stay at second? It's like it's not broke, don't fix it, kind of deal. Or how how would you play that that middle infield for the Angels right now with what they have?
1: Yeah, I'm fine with playing David Fletcher as a first top player. Um, but pick his position. I don't want him to be floating around the whole season. Like he clearly like excelled at second base this year. I think he'd also be a stud at shortstop. Um, so it kind of allows us to be more flexible in this offseason and trying to create that that proper defense. Um, and if it means moving David Fletcher is better overall for the team to shortstop then I'd be on board with that
2: I want to talk about Spotify Greenroom Spotify Greenroom is a live audio only sports talk platform which is free to download and free to use you can talk to other fans athletes and insiders in real time perfect for watch parties, debates post game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news all you need to do is download the Spotify Room app free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link it to your Twitter and join. That's it. It's that easy So go ahead and check out Spotify Greenroom. We have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade stock teams like stocks and earn money every time they win. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts every time your team wins. Join the over 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Just visit www.symbolsimbul.com com to create a free account and when you put deposit make sure use promo code sd again that's promo code sd to make your deposit risk free again visit symbol.com use promo code sd and your deposit will be risk free that means even if you lose money symbol will refund your initial deposit no questions asked join symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams now yeah, so that's gonna be a lot something to watch. It should be, a, and if they don't make another serious move at the infield position, it's gonna be a real fun, I think, competition to, to look out for spring training when that comes around. Mm-hmm. It's just who's gonna is it gonna be Brandon Heffo? Is he gonna finally turn the corner? You know, um, is it Wade? Is it going to be uh, Stefanik with after his great um, AAA season? Is he gonna be able to prove it uh, in the major? So uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch and see how that goes if they don't sign anyone else. So that kind of like for the most part encapsulate the moves that angels have made so far like i said there's, there's minor league guys there minor league deals here and there i mean you could probably get into those for like a whole another hour just trying to figure out who's going to fit where but to this point from what perry has done so far um andrew i'll go back to you how do you feel perry's done to this point with the moves he's made and and also been able to kind of keep his flexibility with the payroll
1: yeah, I think he's doing a good job because you, you just said it's the flexibility with the payroll. I mean, we all want to go out and sign those like star pitchers, but their one pitcher isn't just what this team needs. This team needs multiple pitchers and Perry Manassian's added four of them up to this point, four of them, three of them, um, which is exactly what we need. And he's also you mentioned the minor league moves. Um, that he's also making. And that's part of it. You got to add depth. These teams that win the World Series, they don't go through the season without losing guys. And so you need to have those depth pieces as well that you can rely on um, to fill in for those spots. And so I think he's done a good job. There are certain moves that are keeping me up at night. And one is is Alex Cobb, losing out on Alex Cobb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what happened there. I'm not sure. Sh- the deal he got... Um, basically was 2 years for 10 million dollars it's like a 9 million 9 million and then a third year option with a 2 million dollar buyout so 20 million guaranteed seemed perfect like that that's like i think was what i was expecting Alex, Alex had to get and i'm not sure why it didn't work out at the angels i thought it would be for a bigger move maybe a Marcus Stroman then Marcus Stroman went and signed with the cubs and i thought that was also a very friendly deal so there's certain like if i could ask him questions i would um, but up to this point He's, he's added valuable pieces at the same time as, as kind of revamping that front office as well. So he's definitely been busy.
2: So what about you, Mike? How do you feel Perry's done so far at this point? Do you have like a grade? Do you have a grade for him? What do you think? I think if you look at
0: it just as this year, I would say high C maybe a low B because there is some ambiguity in some of the signings. But if you look at it from a perspective of, 2022, 2023, 2024, and some flexibility in the payroll and and the pieces that he's preparing. I think we're going to really feel Perry's impact, not next year, but the year after, and the year after that, and if Artie lets him stay, right? Yeah. And so um, I think in the, in the grand scheme, I think that he is preparing us for a great future. I think that whether he's there or not, the conversations are going to be, yeah, that's one of the guys that he drafted when he picked 20 guys and they now the whole starting rotation is from that. Right. I think that those are, that's going to be our narrative in three years. We're going to be talking about that. Right. And so I think that from a grand scheme of things, I I would say it's maybe a a high B, but I would say for this season, as of right now, uh, mm, I would say low B high C and, and I would love to see maybe one more pitcher, maybe one more bullpen piece. I think that would really put it over the top for me.
2: Yeah. And again, you know, Nothing's going to happen until this lockout's resolved. And you right. know, maybe it, when it's over, there is a flurry of guys getting signed, just like we saw a flurry of guys getting signed before the lockout. But, John, if you were able – and I like how Andrew phrased it. If I had one question to ask him, he would ask him with the cop thing. But So, John, I'm asking you that now. If you were able to get in a question to Perry to explain any one of his moves uh, to this point, what, what, what question do you think it would be about what player? I would ask him
3: – Uh, where he made dinner reservations with Robbie Ray and why didn't that dinner take place? Right. Um, That was disappointing for me to not see him get somebody on the level of a Robbie Ray or by extension Marcus Stroman or, or even some of those other guys like Kevin Gossman or John Gray, Um, especially with Ray going to the Mariners. That's, that's frustrating. Um, It's one thing to miss out on a starting pitcher. It's one, it's another for them to end up, on a division rival right. and, and plague us for the next few years. So I guess my question to Perry is, you know, what happened? <laughs> Why right. did, did we, I mean, I know he's working hard and obviously he came armed to the teeth and, and had that dinner with, with Cinder And, and that's what convinced him to, to join us. Um, but it is disappointing that we missed out on some of these signings. And I'm, I'm interested to see, okay, what's next, what happened and, and what's next? What are we, where are mm. we going from here? Pear? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, but yeah i mean you're out to I mean, dinner one. not as well right yeah uh, but yeah and that was kind of my thing too with, with like the syndicard signing Is like i don't mind the signing obviously you're not gonna not sign a guy because of this the the uh qualifying offer attached to him so you lose a second round pick if for the right guy you're not it doesn't matter if like a uh a robbie ray or, or something like that i don't think it matters the only thing that sucks for me is that i'm thinking and we've mentioned before if he does do well and he's out next year then it's like unless you make a serious run into the playoffs Mm -hmm. you almost did lose that second round pick for nothing you know it's different if he signs a four or five whatever deal and if he does do that then great then it doesn't then all this is mute but if he does bounce after one year it's like granted second round picks are never a guarantee but i've mentioned this on our last podcast i'm just like but it's a lotto ticket Mm -hmm. you know do you want that extra lotto ticket just just in case it does hit you know, we're in the holiday season. People like to give out scratchers for you know stocking stuffers. <laughs> I get that. Exactly, I, I do too. I love them because you know, and I never I will... win, right? But I will always take. I will always take one more, just in case it's that you know fifty dollar one, just you know. in case. And I feel like that's kind of what it is. Like it's a scratcher. Like could it hit? Probably not. But hey, if it's if it does, then you look awesome. So, um, yeah, I was really frustrated about Rob- Robbie Ray. I just wish that was. Uh, he would come to the Angels. I think it it, it fits so many needs, long term, short term, and everything like that. So, you kind of mentioned Him going up north to Seattle, that was the biggest thing for the Angels this uh, this season. How the AL West, uh, how they played the AL West, and you know, in a vacuum, it does seem like Angels gotten better. But it also seems like the teams around the AL West um, are also getting better. So it's hard to judge where they're at. What is one move in the division, uh, Andrew, that really caught your eye um, to point where we're like, "Wow, this is going to be a tough division going into next year."
1: Yeah, I mean, the AOS is working. Everyone's getting better except for the A's, um, but they always find a way to do it. Um, but I think the easy easy one that's surprising, the entire MLB, is Texas. I mean, they're yes. going to have a super fun middle infield to watch, $500 million between Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Um, as a baseball fan, it'll be cool to watch. As an Angels fan, it might be frustrating. I don't think that's going to make them – I mean, there were a 100 lost team season last year. I don't think it's right. going to necessarily put them over the top, but in the next few years, perhaps. Um, but it was surprising to see Texas making those kind of moves.
2: Yeah, I think with Texas too, it reminds me a lot of Machado when he went to San Diego, and everyone's like, "Why is he going to San Diego?" They haven't won anything, or they're a hundred loss, same thing. They're like a hundred loss um, team, but then the young guys started coming up, and he was already there. And next thing you know, he's part of a team that's making a serious run to the playoffs. And I kind of have that feeling with Texas, like, okay, they got the foundation. Now, if they can develop everyone else around them, they can be a they can be a serious player in two, three, four years. And, yeah, if they they go from 60 wins to 75 wins, I mean, that's a huge jump. So, I mean, they're moving in direct that right direction. Uh, same question to you, Mike. In the AL West, what move really stuck out to you?
0: That the A's still have a lot of their same pitchers. <laughs> yeah, And oh. and I think the thing that we all can get suckered into is that, oh, man, Texas is going to be great. And, oh, Robbie Ray, and I'm with you 100%. But the A's still have all their pitchers. And, and yeah, they might lose some of their hitters along the way, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. And as Andrew said, they just have a way of figuring it out. They get, you know, Mike from the Super Halo brothers to pitch on opening day and he ends up going <laughs> 21 and five. Right? right. Like, so, and you're like, where'd they get that guy? Oh, he was <laughs> a fifth round draft pick when they traded, you know, so right. and that's, that's the amazing thing about that team. And so They're going to have this low payroll, 30, $40 million, right? But they're going to have a team that they're going to run out there. They may not be as competitive as they were this year, but I think they're going to be like a gnat. They're going to be a pain in the butt for us. And a four game series, the best we get is probably a split with them. And that's, what's been kind of historically with the angels and the A's.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing too, about the A's. And the more I think about it and I was in the boat where they're probably going to get rid of their players that are in, you know, um, their arbitration, they're going to make more than their use of paying, but then you start seeing more and more articles come out about them moving to Vegas, and then in the back of my right. mind, I'm starting thinking, like, well, what if they keep them to keep, like, to make it look better for Vegas to sure open the door for them, because sure. yeah. I don't know about a city that wants, hey, come play over here, but it's okay that you're going to suck for two or three years while you rebuild, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. probably thinking, like, well, what if they keep them just so they can make that transfer to Vegas, and they already have stars yeah. to, to draw them in, Good so point. that's just me thinking. I haven't heard anything. I well, don't. I will
0: tell you. I have a friend, a good friend that lives in Vegas. And when the Golden Knights came out, they didn't care if they were terrible or if they were great. Now, obviously, that first season was miraculous, right? Right. Um, but he had talked about how if the A's came out, and he's a Giants fan, and mm-hmm. he had talked about if the A's came out, that stadium would be packed every yeah. single game, and they wouldn't yeah. care. At least for the first couple of years, they wouldn't care how
3: terrible they were because they want to experience live <laughs> baseball right. in Vegas. And the A's have been good, and they can't feel the stadium and yeah right right <laughs> let's, try some, let's try something different yeah and, and, and
2: that's a good point too vegas is vegas sells himself can you imagine just going just to go regardless if they're good or not but yeah that, that mm-hmm. makes a good point too as far as you know you're, you're gonna sell out but the only thing that worries me too like again going back and forth is like the golden knights was a first that was a first yes. major team true. to be in yeah, there so true. and so that was like a new toy and then the Raiders come in. So now you have two new toys. Now then, when that third new toy comes and now it kind of loses that varnish and it's like, okay, well are they winning? But it's Vegas. I think you'll accidentally get, you know, 5,000 people just walking in drunk, not knowing where they're at and just <laughs> oh, i at a baseball game. How did this people. happen? And then, yeah. And just all of a sudden be like, Oh wow. Very okay. True. Well, I guess I'm staying, you know, I, I think, you'll get, <laughs> you know, I'll get a five, 7,000 just by, that alone, so Vegas will be definitely interested. You're going to have drunk tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and John, what about you? What, what moves have or haven't been made in the AL West that uh, caught your eye? Yeah, I'm. I'm with Mike on uh, on the note about Oakland because Matt
3: Olson is still there. Matt Chapman is yes. still there. Sean mm-hmm. Manaya, Chris Bassett, like all those guys that the A's were supposedly going to have a fire sale. Well, it didn't happen before the lockout, and it could still happen between. Uh, you know, the end of the lockout and the beginning of the season, but so far nothing's happened. And we were, let me look here uh four and 15 against this same Oakland team oh, last season. Wow, and yep. I look at uh, our record against the Rangers. We were 11 and eight. Um, so we had a winning record, but that that's one Corey Seager home run to finish the game uh, away from being a tied record. That's one Marcus Simeon triple from clearing the bases and walking off on it. You know what I mean? So, I, I, these, these records that we have are just too close for comfort. And so as these teams add on to what they already had, and I know some guys have, have left in free agency, but you, you look at the Mariners, they, they added uh, Adam Frazier um, to their infield. So that's going to be interesting to, uh, to compete against him. And I know that the, the Padres are really hoping that he could contribute down the stretch and just didn't really pan out, but, um, he'll be, uh, somebody to compete with on the Mariners. So as far as I can, you know, from where I'm sitting, it seems like all of these teams have gotten better and, and we just need to be better against the West. I think we talk about that all the time. Like if, if we're not good against the West, then we're not going to be going anywhere. So we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, you mentioned the West, uh, you know, the Astros. No one talked about the Astros, but obviously the A's went to the World Series. They're mm-hmm. going to lose Springer, or not, Spr- not Springer, uh, Correa, obviously. So that's going to be a big hit. But you did see some of their younger arms kind of step up and, mm-hmm. and do well in some key spots. And that's something that they can look forward to. they got Verlander back, it looks like. Um, <laughs> I'm with Mike. It, it just seems like the A's can find some journeyman, you know, uh, pitcher. And all of a sudden, now he's like a real solid number two for the whole <laughs> season, and you're just like, "Wow, yep. wow, they found gold there." Um, but yeah, I think obviously the Rangers signed, spent big money. Uh, Mariners weren't that far off from getting to the playoffs as it was with how they were already. Um, so Andrew, as the the rosters are presently constituted again, the lockout can end and a lot of stuff can shift and change. But the way that the lo- uh, the rosters are now. Where do you see the angels? Where do you, do you see them, you know, top three, bottom two, where do you see them uh, with what's out there right now?
1: That's a tough question to answer on the spot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Just because there's so many additions that have been made across the board. It's hard to say how it'll shake out. Cause I said like Texas has added some stars, but I don't think it's going to, you know, right. M- might put them around 500, but it could do more if, if those young guys step up, um, oh, man, it's going to be a fun division to watch. And I think the Ames are still in the spot where they're competing for a wild card. That puts them in about second or third place. Um, but as John said, our crutch last year was the AOS, and our crutch cannot be the AOS. Our crutch yeah. should be just one team and not four teams that we're playing routinely. So we got to fix that. Um, if if we can't fix that, then we're going to be at the bottom of this division, unfortunately, but we, we got a smart front office, I feel like. Hopefully they'll figure it out. I'm just going to be optimistic and say <laughs> um, we'll be competing for wild card again. Or not yet. Hopefully. (laughs) What
2: What about you, John? With the rosters and the way they are, I know Oakland's kind of hard because they do have a good. As of right now, they do have a good team. If they don't move anybody, which we don't know how realistic that is or that isn't. But as of right now, where do you see the Angels in the division? Um. Yeah, I
3: I think that one of the things I hate when people say is, you know, I know we didn't sign a lot of players, but we are getting Trout back. We are getting Rendon back, and I hate that. But in this instance. (laughs) It's actually true um, because we played most of the season. Yeah, Yeah, it it definitely means a lot. And we played most of the season without those guys. Trout is a Mariner killer. Like he goes up north and he owns that stadium. And there's so many wins against Seattle that we should have had that probably would have taken place if Trout was there. And the same can be said for, you know, again, Rendon and, and Upton to some extent. So I just like I said, I hate when people say, well, you know, we we're getting people back in a way. It's kind of like we signed somebody. It, that's not an excuse. But I think that it does ring true for us, especially in terms of the West and competing in the AL West. We've got a, uh, hopefully a, a full season of, of these healthy guys that we're counting on to do damage uh, coming up in 2022.
2: And then to Mike, to you, where do you see the Angels fitting in this division as of right now?
0: Well, we didn't sign a lot of players, but we are getting Trout back, and we are getting. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I need a been... new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Get another brother. Yeah, yep. I, I, the team that we saw in the first eleven to fifteen games, yes. I think was mm-hmm. going to be a team that was going to compete for a wild guard spot, for and sure. I think that that's that's the team that we're getting plus some next year. So I would say mm-hmm. that we are competing for uh the first wild card spot. I think that we're going to be in competition for that if not the second. And so uh if we can get that team to be consistent and to stay healthy with all of these additives, I think we're going to be looking pretty good in
1: 2022. Yeah, I'll I'll add that I just the Angels are shaping up to be a team with a lot of grit this year. You've got guys like Thor Um, and, and Lorenzen, who we've already talked about, but those are guys who are, are improved at contracts. You've got this young talent. Who's all fighting for a spot who has a different type of energy than we've seen in the last few years. There's a lot of grit on this angels team. Um, and I think that's going to carry some way.
3: And I'll add to that too. Like coming into 2021, we had Heaney and canning as locks for the rotation. Right, Right. And Heaney's gone, not giving up bombs for the angels anymore um canning is a, a question mark and, and i know that there are still question marks like cindergard's a bit of a question mark Lorenzen's a bit of a question mark but i think if the season were to start tomorrow i would feel much more confident in this team going into 2022 than than where we started last season
2: yeah i definitely yeah. and then to you talk about how the other the other teams in the divisions have gotten better and this division is going to be tight and this is going to be fun to watch like You you know, and this I guess this could be a good thing or a bad thing for the Angels because I can see a a scenario where, like, the top four teams are all within, you know, five, six games, Mm -hmm. you know, going into, like, that last month of the season. And and you could very easily, if you have a good month, you can, you know, maybe win a division. But at the same time, if if you have a bad month and it happens to be that last month, you could be in that fourth place and it's just you're good but just bad timing. And so I I think Andrew had it right. This division is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I can definitely see when the final standings are up that first and fourth are separated by five games. Like it, it <laughs> makes a lot of a lot of sense. Go ahead, Andrew.
1: And there is a chance for the CBA that they do away with leagues, which would be a game changer in that regard. To being that fourth place team with a ninety win season right, right. that doesn't go to the playoffs. So we'll see what that's like. But you're yeah, right.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's so many stuff that's up in the air with that, and we'll talk a little bit CBA a little bit later. But that made that that's a a great point. So obviously um, the lockout's going on, but what is a move or a signing or anything like that trade that you want to see the Angels seriously pursue once this locked out is is lifted? And I'll go to Mike first. What's something that you want to see, whether it's a signing of a free agent, a trade, an Oakland guy, or whoever's in the news? What's what's a trade or a signing that you want to see? It'd be
0: great if we could pick off one of those Oakland pitchers, like uh, a Mania or a Bassett. I know that we'd have to give up something significant um, I know that Luis Castillo from the Reds was uh, a part of the rumors as well and that they said the price was high and I think the price was probably like a Walsh or an Adele and I kind of haphazardly said on our podcast recently that well you know I would be willing to trade Adele and then I, I watched the interview uh, Andrew with you and and Joe Adele talk and I was like oh, I really Maybe like not- this guy you know like
1: oh
0: no, I'm not gonna give him up at all right you yeah. know and so I I would love to see them sign another starter just simply because of the point that again, Andrew, you made earlier, like Lorenzen has that, uh, by July, he's in the bullpen. And so if we had a Rodon, maybe, um, if we had somebody that came from the Reds that we wouldn't have to give up too much for, I would love to see maybe one more pitcher that we could count on in that starting rotation because then you've got Shohei and Thor And then you've got that third guy, whoever it might be, Castillo. Let's say it's Castillo. And then you've got Suarez, and then you've got Canning, and then you've got Sandoval. And so you have an opportunity to really have a strong six-man rotation. So it'd be great to see them get another starting pitcher, but somebody that isn't going to break the bank, somebody that isn't going to cost us. And I might be just shooting for the moon now. I I understand that. But (laughs) it'd be great to see them make that move. And maybe maybe it is a Rodon move. I know that he was asking for – a uh, hundred million. And, and so I don't know if that's something they'd be willing to do, but maybe a smaller contract with a, a bigger AAV would be great for him in particular.
2: And what about you, John, what's a signing or a trade that you, you want the angels to target coming out of this lockout. Okay. I'm going to give you my,
3: my wish list, and then well, I'm going to give you signing- what I think the angels will do. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, I've got a split here. So I actually looked at kind of the A's depth chart and saw that, they they really have a need for um for an infield um in terms of prospects who are ready to make an impact now. A lot of their infield is, you know, two, three years away, four years away. And I know that the Angels have some some guys who could possibly make an impact now that would be appealing to the A's. And then I look at Sean Mania and I look at Chris Bassett, and they only have one year left. So I think that you could squeeze out a deal where you're not giving up an Adele or a Marsh or a, or a Walsh or anything like that. If, if you had the right guys in the minors for the A's, so that's, that's a route that I would be interested in seeing. Um, I think that there is a chance that you could convince Clayton Kershaw to come to the angels because he's already local here. He's a family man. I'm sure he doesn't want to up and move his family uh, across the country or end up somewhere where uh, you know, they're not comfortable because they're already out here. So that's a possibility. But if I had to give you my, my realistic target that I think that Artie and, (laughs) and the angels would do. I think it's Matthew Boyd. He just got DFA from the tigers. Um, To me, I I looked at his stats and uh, while he did make some improvements in 2021, he's just never really put it together. And so to me, if I had to make a comp, it's, it's another Heaney type where it's like, those, the stuff is there, but he's got to go out and prove it and unlock that. So all that to say, uh, a trade with the A's would be great. I think a Clayton Kershaw could be helpful. But if I had to guess what the angels would do, <laughs> I think it's it's the route of of a Matthew Boyd type.
2: Hmm. And a Matthew Boyd too, you mentioned it, it is a flyer. You take a flyer out on mm-hmm. the guy and if he clicks and he could be a solid number five, number four, then great. And you're not spending, you're not giving anything up. You're spending a little bit of money, but it's not going to be a deal where it's going to break you. So that makes, a, he, that makes a lot of sense. He's always
3: come up in, in trade rumors. Oh, that's like two years ago that, when he like yeah. first
2: came up, like people wanted him really bad and we're willing yeah. to give up, you know, top prospects or close to top prospects. Right. Andrew, what, what, what's on your wish list? What's on your Christmas list for the angels coming out of the, coming out of the lockout?
1: Yeah. I'm going to add to the the pitching talk here because I don't think the starting rotation is where it needs to be yet. Um, I do have thoughts of Clayton Kershaw because I think he'd be a guy that would be there on like a two or three year deal. I think the angels like we, I for sure are looking short-term deal. Um, and I think they're trying to find someone that's willing to take a two year deal, um, would honestly be my guess just based off the deal that Marcus Stroman got for three years. I thought that would have been perfect. Um, but maybe it's, it's even too much time. Um, so it's a short-term starting pitching deal. Um, some names out there out there. There's names that I'm scared of, um, and that's like there's a handful of I used to be good guys out there with big names. <laughs> you're Johnny <laughs> Romano, you're, you're Jay Garietta, and yeah. Chris Archer who played for Joe Madden. so it seems like it's a yeah, picture-perfect enough, yeah. scenario to end up on the Angels. Those are guys I'm scared of. Um, but then there's also some guys out there that I wouldn't be mind taking a fire on. There's um, uh, Zach Davies, Danny Duffy, uh, Carlos Martinez, um, just some guys who are – Danny Duffy had a great year if he passed and then some guys that kind of had some, some solid history, but then an if he last year or two, um, but definitely, definitely adding to that starting rotation. Um, and there is a Mr. Carlos Correa still available. Floating out there. Yeah, exactly. I'm here to scare people. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the
2: part I'm going to cut up and put it at the, uh, the preview part on, on the, on the Instagram. Yeah. So like a lot of and a lot of that makes sense as far as the trade wise going after a Castillo a, you know one of the guys from the A's and I'm going kind to of bounce this idea off of you and, and or you guys the idea of just giving up a position player for one of these pitchers even if it is someone as the caliber of Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh or anything like that to me seems like it still wouldn't be enough because of the fact that the hardest thing to get in baseball right now is pitching you know, you saw what the Braves did for the World Series. Outfielders are great, but you can do things to your roster to kind of uh, facilitate that kind of production. You know, is are these trade talks going to cost the Angels, and this might be the high cost they're talking about, a pitching prospect that we have yet to see, but are um, high on, like a Sam Bachman or, um, you know, even maybe someone we have seen packing Naughton that's, you know, maybe not fully developed, but you can see something there. Does that change your concept if, If it was a package deal, let's say a Jordan Adams and a you know Sam Bachman for a Castillo who is going to be a frontline pitcher, does that change your idea of if of if that's going to be a trade that works for you? I'll go to John first.
3: Yeah, I think that's something I'd be okay with. I mean, there's always that moment where you're kind of kicking yourself when you see. You know, when you see Will Smith on the Braves, just just shutting it down, you know, and and to know that he was an angel once and and just (laughs) like, wow, like, how did he how do we let him get away? And you just don't know what's going to happen with these guys and if they're going to be able to to get to that level. And so for me, this is selfish, but it's it's seeing Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh together on the field and working out together and being buds in the club. That, to me, just uh, it speaks volumes to the synergy and the cohesion that Joe Madden wants to create with the team and the culture that he wants to create. So if you're not doing anything to damage that culture and it is going to be somebody like like you said, uh, um, uh, like Sam Bachman going to another team just to get somebody proven like a Luis Castillo, I, I think that would make me feel better at, at the end of the day.
2: What about you, Andrew? Is that a deal that you would still pull the trigger, giving up a young prospect like that for a Castillo who has been, you know, proven to, to, to uh, put up numbers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, cause I think you're right. I think that's where value is in our process in a prospect pool. People want those kind of young pitchers. Um, but I think the angels have a super high value on those young pitchers. And I think this whole short-term contract pitching thing is what, what proves that they're really relying on yeah. these young guys to come mm. up and fill in our rotation in the point. next five years. And I think that's why they're so hesitant to hand out these long-term contracts. Um, so it's a matter of will another team match that value? Cause I think what we've seen in the last few years is no other team is matching the value that the angels are putting on their own prospects. And that's why we haven't seen any big trades come through on the angels end.
2: Yeah, that, you're right. That's a great point. It kind of show, they're kind of showing their cards without showing the cards, how much they value mm-hmm. these younger arms, but not really, um, Committing to these guys long term. What about yeah, you, Mike? Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew.
1: But I'll add because there was kind of a rift where Joe Mann had mentioned we need guys who are ready to pitch right, and right now mm-hmm. and win. Mm-hmm. So it's it, there's he definitely he basically said we need guys that can pitch right now. And if we got to like send pro we can't rely on these prospects to necessarily fill in these holes and we need to bring in uh a proven ready pitchers. So so maybe that rift does something in the front office. If Joe Mann kind of gets into that conversation, um we'll see.
2: Yeah, especially with Joe going in, I believe to his last year of his contract, he wants to yeah. put a, put up a winner now. Uh, whether he comes back or maybe he's at the age where he's re- going to retire. I mean, he is older in age. Maybe he wants to make a serious push for a, a you know a division and a World Series. Mike, what about you? What kind of does that trade make sense? Are you willing to give up a top end pitching prospect and maybe a little more to get one of these solidified guys?
0: Yeah, I changed my mind fourteen times listening to everybody talk. <laughs> this conversation. I, I think where I where I'm at is um, I haven't seen Sam Bachman. And so trade him
1: uh, because,
0: <laughs> you know, as a fan, like I've seen Joe Adele and I've seen Brandon Walsh. And so I love those guys. And so I haven't seen Sam. And, and so let's trade him. I've seen in the past with the Angels and I've mentioned it before, but I've seen in the past where the Angels with like a Dallas McPherson or a Brandon Wood or some of those guys where they hold on to him and hold on to him and hold on to him. One of them was in trade talks with. With the Blue Jays, and they were going to get Roy Halladay in the late 2000s, and they didn't do it because they didn't want to give up Brandon Wood. And now looking back, like who in the world would not do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think yeah. I think we haven't seen this guy. He might have a lot of potential, but at this point, I would I would make those trades so that we can bring in some arms and we could we could stir up some excitement because. We only have Mike Trout for the time we have Mike Trout. We don't know how long we'll have Shohei after these two years. And so let's put to use what we've got in front of us. And And to go back to uh, the point that was made earlier, I think a Clayton Kershaw move actually might be the most obvious choice. One, because that's going to draw attention to people wanting to come to the games to see Kershaw pitch, whether they are – Dodger or Angel fans, and right. so I think it stirs up tickets. So Artie might actually make they that move, move as well. So, <laughs> the Artie um,
2: move, <laughs> the money yeah, move. But I would
0: say, I would say trade the guys that I haven't seen because I'm a I'm a fan fan, and so uh, <laughs> get get rid of the ones that I haven't seen so that I don't know what I've lost,
3: so that I can pick up the ones that I know will help us. <laughs> and then uh, when Sam Bachman's a free agent in seven years, we'll
2: sign him to a one year deal. There you go. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off his Tommy John surgery. We're like that's right. Right. <laughs> this is how yeah. we all yeah. play it. This we, Tommy put, John slow burn. This what we're doing, we're playing this. Over. If
0: that and, happens, play this back in seven years. Yeah,
2: <laughs> file, file it away. I'm going to set an alarm. Seven years, this it just pops up randomly on I'm going to look like a genius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, now moving <laughs> moving into uh, Major League Baseball as a whole, real quick. A move that caught your eye, um, you know, we kind of talked about some of them in, in the AL West, but just now, you know, through Major League Baseball, because again, before, I didn't see this coming, but before the, the lockout, a ton of signings, a ton of, ton of movement. Um, Andrew, what was the signing that you saw around Major League Baseball that caught your eye?
1: Uh, Marcus Stromer to the Cubs. Just because the Cubs <laughs> seem to be in this, like, selling platform after getting rid of Rizzo, um, Baez. There's one more person in that conversation. But um, the Cubs right. seem like they're trying to, like, compete again. I think they also had a young goes uh, behind the mat or behind the plate. So and they're kind of surprising. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do coming out of the lockout.
2: Yeah, uh, John. What about you? What's the team that caught your eye with uh, signings? Ugh, watching Billy Epler get to spend money
3: on pitching is so <laughs> frustrating because, it, and and the same goes for Depoto getting Robbie Ray. It's like, hey, look at our old GMs getting pitching when that's been our problem. And the handcuffs for the get taken off, mm-hmm. right? So that that was interesting to watch. Uh, and the uh, honestly, the the Byron Buxton deal extension? with Minnesota and and getting that extension. I mean. It's, it sounds to me like Minnesota wants to keep him around and make him a a core piece of, of, of building back and, and coming back better. So that, that stood out to me as well.
2: And what about you, Mike? What's a move around baseball that caught your eye?
3: Corey Seager to the, to the
0: Rangers, simply because of the rumor about the Dodgers offering him, I think it was like 400 million for 10 years to help offset the taxes. And he still chose the Rangers. And so if that's legit, that causes me to go, I wonder what caused him to do that. And maybe it was the trade for uh, Trey Turner. And and so maybe he felt pushed out. I don't know, but... Um, there was a a great tweet the other day that said, we're going to show our grandkids the starting lineup for the 2021 Dodgers. (laughs) And our grandkids are going to go, did they win 162 games? Because that team was (laughs) remarkable. And so I was really shocked at the fact that he actually left and and good on him. I think that that's fantastic. The other thing that I noticed was the Marlins actually making some movements and and signing some players, maybe not significant contracts in baseball terms, but for them it was significant. They're making some commitments and so good on them. Hopefully they can actually improve because they had that 2020, uh, 2020 run to the playoffs, which was pretty rad to see. And so I'd love to see them compete uh, in the national league.
2: Yeah. You know, the Marlins are kind of like the A's and, you know, the, you know, I said without being good, but the way they do their payroll. Uh, so with the C, like you mentioned, Sam, this, spend money just in general it it was in extensions too with i think Alcantara got an extension too yeah uh was a big thing for them so that's yeah that's a good point but yeah for me it was definitely scherzer getting that 130 million dollar you know contract Hmm. uh to new york uh epler uh, you know you saw stuff on twitter where the mets missed out on um who was it they missed out on uh was it ray where the the owner came out and tweeted like oh you know Whatever happened to doing good business, like face to face or whatever, and looked oh, yeah. looked really bad. I forgot what mm-hmm. player it was. It ended up going somewhere else. But then, Science Scherzer does all the moves and spends all that money, and that's something to me that was just it caught my eye, and it was like, wow, okay. Now they're going after that that division that has the World Series champs in it, so that's going to be uh, fun to watch. You know the Strowman thing. You know I, I wasn't surprised about it, and I, I think I shared it with you guys. The conversation I had with somebody, and you guys know who. the person is so you know it's not just you know my neighbor down the street that's an angel (laughs) fan um but the angels were never serious about showing just because of the fact and and his words it's just his attitude and just the way he is and carries himself and that caught me by surprise but yeah talking to him a little bit more i guess that's kind of like in like inside the locker room like people know but don't really talk about it a whole lot Mm -hmm. so um and and for that aspect i was glad they didn't sign or seriously go after showing because you know, Thor kind of already has a, a, not a, not a bad reputation, but he can be a deviant at times. If you look at some of the stuff that happened in New York, um, and you know, uh, angels pitcher on Twitter a lot has not gone well in, in past. So there's always <laughs> that, uh, in history, but you know, you do need strong leadership in, in the locker room. I'm not sold that there's a ton of strong leadership in the, in the locker room as far as, um, in your face, holding guys accountable. Yes, Trout will show mm-hmm. up. Yes, Otani will show up. They will be there for treatment. They will be there for their routines. But I don't see either one of those guys, hey, so-and-so didn't show up on time or so-and-so, you know, didn't go to treatment today. Like, I can't see them getting into that person's face and saying, hey, where were you? Why weren't you here? You know, so I think kind of that lack of type of leadership um, is something that angels need to find somewhere. You know, I don't mm. I don't know who's gonna be that yeah. guy, but uh you if you've ever been in a locker room, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, there's always that kind of a mixture of leadership where there's a guy that shows up every single day, does his work, uh first one in, last one out, kinda. Of and then there's also that guy that just gets in your face and holds everyone accountable because he's not gonna let the little crap slide. So I think we've been missing that since since weave, you know.
3: When, yeah, I think when, so too. I think <laughs> when, so too when Trout threw the water bottle at, at Weaver <laughs> and gave him the death stare. He done messed up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I have to imagine that Weaver was the guy yes. you know, telling people to show up and and show out and, and do those things. So I, I hope that somebody steps up and, and on your note about Cindergard, you know, having to compete in, in New York and deal with the media out there. I mean, he's, he's going to love it out here having yeah. to talk to <laughs> Roger Lodge and Trent rush because those guys are going <laughs> to like, just, it's going to be Help a big case. love fest. Butter yeah
2: softballs, literally <laughs> pun intended. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it just, you know, you, you're going to see that kind of leisure, but like we was also known kind of like also obviously a dick in the locker room at times. Mm-hmm, but that's kind mm-hmm. of what it takes to be that guy, to be yeah. that leader. You're not going to be. And I think that's kind of the deal with Otani and Trout. like, they kind of, I think they do want to be friends with everybody. Like they are generally good guys. So they want to be friends with everybody. They want to get along with everybody in the locker room and, and be buddy, buddy with them. But sometimes you can't, and you just got to be that mm-hmm. hard edge, you know, a hole that people, you know, are going to respect, right? But maybe not like all the time. And I think that's, I think that's a perfect example. Weaver, I'm, sh- I'm sure he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the locker room, but they respected what he did and the time he put in and, and his ethic, and it just rubbed off that way. And I think that's he got it done thing. on the field, man. Yeah,
3: he he'd back it up. Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. So, last question for you guys, last topic I wanted to talk about with you guys is obviously the CBA. Um, so much in the air from luxury tax to um, you know, qualifying offers, to automated strike zone, to even the playoff system, Andrew was talking about and divisions and all that stuff. What is what is a rule or maybe a couple rules that you want to see either come back, leave uh, or, and just be in, in the game when all this is said and done. I'll go to Mike first.
0: I would love to see maybe one more, two more teams in the playoffs, just because that means that we would actually maybe get there. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, I think that that, that uh, competition would, would be great. Um, I, I would also love to see, um, I, I'd love to see the DH be a universal thing. I'm I'm sure. not a fan of watching pitchers hit. Uh, you know, I know there are baseball quote unquote purists out there. Um, purist is another word for old, oh, and man. and so <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of people like what it was. They're traditionalists, right? And that's fine. But I think moving things forward, and if you want to get more excitement on the field, and you want to have more offense, I think you got to have a DH. And I think it's a nod to the players because then. Now every every team is going to need one more person in their lineup,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right.
0: and and I think you're giving another opportunity to hire somebody. You're getting another employee, right? So right. Um, I'd love to see those two things happen.
2: Yeah. What about you, John? What's a rule or rules that you either want to see come or go uh, when the CBA is all signed Well, piggybacking off of what Mike said
3: about the universal DH, I think that Shohei is opening up the door to see a lot more two-way stars in the future. And that's Mm -hmm. something that we didn't really talk about with Lorenzen is his ability to swing the bat to some extent, not, not quite on the level of Otani, but um, I think that Otani is setting the precedent for the game moving forward and having more two way stars. And I think the DH only adds to that. So if you're able to do that in the national league, that's, that's 15 more teams where two way stars can, can thrive. But for, for, to answer your question, I, I want to see some measure of umpire accountability. I don't know what that looks like, but I, I mean, if they, one of the pitches that I think ownership presented to the players was using war to determine the value of their arbitration deals and if, if that's something that the players or the ownership wants to do, I think that we need to apply those same rules to, you know, with the umpires and, and there's umpire scorecards out there They right. you can, you can clearly see how well these umpires are performing. And I think that there needs to be some accountability in terms of how well they're handling games, whether that's, Hey, you're, you're not going to be on the ESPN game or, Hey, you're not going to do the world series. Um, I think at the end of the season, you can you can quantify how well your best umpires have done instead of just saying, "Oh, you got this game, and he's got this game." I think that there should be some accountability there. But I know that also involves the umpires union, and that's a whole other wrinkle to to the yeah. to the problem. And then uh, finally, I think um, a salary floor of of a hundred million dollars. I think that's going to help teams be competitive. I think having a roster that's worth one Max Scherzer can't fly anymore um and and i think it's going to keep teams from from tanking and they're going to have to add talent to be competitive and and stay in the game and and try to climb those standings
2: yeah that's true and and going back to your umpire um so would you be the opposed or for you know going i guess all the way in and doing robot umps or are you kind of like let's try to fix what we have first before we take that Giant step.
3: Yeah, I don't think you need to go that far uh, at this point, and I, I know that they're still working out the kinks with with robot ump's down in the miners, and there's that famous gra- uh, video of somebody throwing a curveball that was just way below the zone and it got called a strike. So there's still some things yeah. that they're working out, but I I do think that uh, a good step to take is just to have some accountability. And again, if if some if some group of guys on the internet on Twitter is is following how the umpires are doing then then the mlb is certainly capable of putting a team together to hold umpires accountable t- and give them scorecards and give them grades and and so that's something i think that's a step that i think we could take
2: or just hire um, a scorecard and just there yeah, you go your we'll, we'll put you in <laughs> the mlb, MLB yeah. uh, uh, umbrella and then done you can just wipe your hands okay cool let us know what you find hire uh, those guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I
1: mean, that twitter page was so much fun this past it year was. Oh, it, yeah. Was yeah. Sure I, it was a lot of fun i look forward the umpires to the next
2: yeah, I look forward to the next morning, going and looking it up. Twitter, okay, did they put out the report card from last night? Because I feel like it was mm-hmm. a bad zone. Was so I right it's... to
3: be mad last? Yeah, night? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, yeah, exactly.
2: Was it a good zone? Was it a bad zone? Yeah. So, Andrew, what about you? What's a, what's a rule that you want to see in or out of uh, when the CBA comes uh, finalized?
1: Yeah, I've got a handful. I agree with mo- like pretty much what you guys had just said. I do like the expanded playoffs more so to get rid of the one game wild card. Um, sure, they're fun, and maybe I mean. They're fun, but I don't think any team season should come down to one, like a single game series in baseball where you play 162 games. Yeah. I mean, you saw the Dodgers yeah. almost lose the wild card game, and they were one of the best teams in baseball last year. They shouldn't have lost that game. They almost did, even though I was rooting for them to lose. I wanted them to lose to the Cardinals. <laughs> the principle of the matter.
2: <laughs> exactly. They shouldn't have
1: even been in that situation where they were that close to losing. Um, and so i like expanded playoffs just so we can get, just do like a, a three-game series there instead. Um, I agree with the salary for just to keep things competitive and kind of like possibly funnel out these owners over the next few years who just aren't playing to win and aren't trying to be competitive. Um, and one thing I'll add is fix the blackouts. Like, what the hell? I pay for MLB yeah, TV, yeah. and I can't watch it from <laughs> my phone. And I'm gonna yeah. go find it anyways. Off the record, but I'm on the record. I'm gonna go find it streaming it online. <laughs> like, just between far out of my way, and you're like, <laughs> like, make money off of me watching it on MLB TV. Just figure it out. Like, there's there's yeah. got to be possible. Get rid of those blackouts and expand the game. Don't don't restrict people from watching it just because oh I'm I'm in the same zone as it's on you know ballet sports. It's like right. I want to pay you to watch this game. Like why, I why don't you let take, take my money?
0: Listen, guys, if Andrew disappears tomorrow, we'll know why.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, Andrew, can you repost this? And I get nothing. i will be like, oh, no. it's a rough yeah. Manfred meme with him
3: just going, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Andrew's been blacked out.
0: Found
2: I mean, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah his, his face is gone. Bounce yeah, off the for a bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and, and I've said that before too. And like what I do, what you guys do, whether it's you know the the Instagram page for Andrew or, or the podcast for you guys, Mike and John, you know, in, in in a small way, we are trying to build baseball and trying to get it to a broader broader audience and get mm-hmm. people into it. Mm-hmm. But the MLB can do so much more. Yeah, right. sure. you know, like we can do a, a little bit here and there, obviously, but like if MLB just like something as simple as like Andrew said, lift those blackouts that would do more for the game than, you know, so much, you know, I think even more so than fixing tanking or fixing the, the pay for or anything mm-hmm. like that, like if they were just to get rid of that and it seems like such an easy fix, I mean, this game would grow so much more. And I just, I, you're right. I just don't know why, why they won't take our money. Why can't <laughs> I, you know, go out and then, you know, and hang out somewhere and then I'll have it on my phone or Or you know, for me especially, we went on vacation. We went to Hawaii uh, last year, and like like Hawaii's blacked out from the Angels. I'm like, I'm a five hour flight away, and I still can't watch the Angels because they're considered blacked out on my phone. It's like stuff like that. I I don't understand it, and I just feel like that would be so much better. um, So much better for the game in general. So much so. Yeah, it's just mind boggling. One rule that I I felt, and and I'm going to talk about real quick. I want to get you guys' opinion. The runner on second base for extra innings. Obviously, this has been a thing that's been going on for the minors for a long while. Major League has just done it for the last couple of years. Doesn't happen in the playoffs, which I am really glad that doesn't happen in the playoffs. But yeah. how are you? This is my opinion. I want to know if you guys agree with it. I'm okay with it in the in, in the regular season because as a fan, I don't want to see a 17-inning seven, game where my bullpen gets blown out. <laughs> and now it might cost us, um, even if we win the game, might cost my team three games because um, they just don't have the bullpen arms. And now they're bringing up guys that probably shouldn't be brought up. So I'm okay for that. It seems a health issue, but as long as it doesn't work its way into the playoffs, I'm okay with that. Uh, Andrew, what do you feel about that rule in particular?
1: Yeah, and I think I mentioned this before. I'm still in the same spot. Give it three innings to sort itself out. If it doesn't, 12th inning. Okay, now you start putting guys on second and just try to wrap the game up.
3: Yeah. What about you,
2: John? How do you feel about that rule?
3: Yeah, I'm with Andrew on that one. Like, let it let the game go into the 12th or the 13th because you know there's still that anticipation, like, oh, what's going to happen? And and extra innings is fun, especially if you can get a walk off. Um, so I I don't hate the rule. I do hate it when it's like the 10th inning and and yeah. they've already got somebody out there and and you know it's it's Albert Pujols on second because he was the last yeah. one up. And <laughs> like, great. Let's go to the, let's go to the, let's go to the 11th, but Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm with Andrew. Let's, let's let it play out a couple of innings and maybe by the 12th or the 13th, that's when you bring out that second runner.
0: What about you, Mike? I'm with you, Daniel. I think that you bring them out immediately, um, not in the playoffs, but I think in the regular season, I college football comes to mind as I think about this when they go to overtime, right? Everybody gets a, sh- a shot at the shot. end zone. And then if it's like second overtime or third overtime, then it just becomes two point conversions. And if you fail, you're done. And so I like having somebody out there. It raises the intensity. If you're going to draw in viewers, it causes you to lean in a bit. And I know for me, because the angel bullpen was just a mess last year, it caused me to pay attention, and, <laughs> and, and and I'm you know I'm rooting for Rysell to come in and just pitch you know the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth inning. But <laughs> I, I like it because it, it 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 sped the game up a bit and it turned up the intensity, and you need to come through, which is why we you need a strong bullpen in the MLB.
2: Great guys. So the lockout's going on. So John and Mike with the Super Halo Bros, what are you guys doing? Uh, moving forward, is there anything we can look forward to, or what's going on with your guys' podcast right now?
3: Yeah, we've just been doing a lot uh, on social, just trying to you know connect with fans and and uh, our listeners there. Um, some people shared their Spotify Wrapped, which was really cool to see that, like, hey, we we were part of. This, these people season this year, and they and they really spent a lot of time with us. So that was exciting. Um, uh, we're part of Around the Diamond, which is a great group of of guys who love making baseball content. And they're also younger than me and Mike, so they're helping me with things like TikTok <laughs> and learning how to do Instagram Reels well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, expanding our social presence onto onto TikTok and and uh, of course Facebook. Uh, but you can find us at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram for the time being. And then for some of our shows, we're going to be doing a lot of content, you know, that's not necessarily timely or or late breaking news, um, unless there is news, which right. there probably won't be for a while. Um, so we want to take some time to just kind of go over the the season and and take a look at the highs and lows and then i know that we had a we have a full show plan for for shohei and and what he's meant to the game so we're excited about some of the content we have so we'll be around a few more weeks and then the holidays will hit and then we'll take a break and then come back strong in the uh in the new year so that's what we have looking forward to
2: 2022 what about you Andrew what are you doing with angels top plays right now
1: yeah, trying to just expand on some of the new features on uh, Instagram. I posted my first reel today that I had made. Well done, um, sir! <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to play with that feature a little more um, and doing more lives. Like I said, I've got this yes. new microphone. Y'all can hear it, which is sweet. Yeah. Um, and and being able to use that and just connect with people more. I think in this loo where we've got just no baseball whatsoever, um, uh, fans are just kind of want to just crave talking about baseball, talking about where the Angels are at and where baseball overall is at. So I'm hoping to use kind of that um more and then i'll be on twitter just posting whatever comes to mind
2: yeah just random thoughts that's that's <laughs> hey that's what twitter's for i guess sometimes yeah. sometimes it's good sometimes it's not but hey, it's just random sometimes uh no that's great guys again i am a fan of all of you guys you know mike and john I love listening to your guys's podcast when i'm mm-hmm. uh on the on the road and and Thanks, driving man. and stuff like yeah. that and and Andrew always look forward to our talks because you you are you know, you are definitely in tune with everything going on. And uh, your first interview out of the way with, with Joe Adele was when great. So hopefully so we'll see more of that. It was super fun. Hopefully we see more of that going through and then also raising the money for uh, his foundation during that process was also really cool yeah. to see. And, that, and was rad uh, that was a great time. So um, obviously this is probably going to wrap up our last podcast for the year. Um, unless, kind of like what john was saying unless something crazy happens between now and and the first the lockout um, is over (laughs) right exactly unless something totally crazy happens um but i just want to say merry christmas to you guys happy holidays to you guys yes Um, safe travels if you guys are traveling anywhere but again i want to thank you guys for jumping on um and kind of didn't turn into quite event session like we thought originally but it still turned out really well and and there is definitely some positive um going on right now with Angels baseball and some of the signings they made this season. So, all in all, not too down, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. The uh the sting of
3: Stroman signing with the Cubs has, has worn off since <laughs> last week. So, Wait, this was supposed to be event session. Let's
2: start over. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from too the time. Wide, yeah.
1: <laughs> you get one more hour in. Before.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much. I am Dale Garcia and this has been another edition of the All Angels podcast.